pray that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Guide us in this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Today we're going to be walking through some of the different calls of the Lord that we saw in the scripture lessons today. And we're going to be talking about the experience of God that these different people had. And when we open up God's word and we, we look at the scriptures, it's good to ask, what is this saying about God? What does it say about me, perhaps in relation to God? And what am I going to do about it? <laughs> is it asking me to do anything? Is it asking me to change or to do something different than what I've been doing? And so, as we walk through the scriptures today, I'd like us to just reflect for a moment on what's your story? How did God meet you? How is God meeting you? These kinds of questions can include, how did you come to faith? If you've come to faith in Christ, how did that happen for you? How has God called and equipped you? What gifts has he given you? How are you using them? That's a lot of questions to hold on to. Maybe one stuck out in your mind, and that's the one the Lord is going to be speaking to you about today. Consider that as we walk through here. I want to start with with Isaiah. Uh, these are the lectionary scriptures that we had today. This is from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 7. A few things to notice about his call. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. Wow. <laughs> before birth. God already knows us. He already has a plan. He already knows our days, our victories, our struggles, our triumphs, our trials. That he is with us from the very beginning of it all with a perfect plan and a holy purpose. Sermon could end right there. <laughs> and we could go on with coffee hour. No. <laughs> But it's the truth. And we're going to see these consistencies throughout the different calls of people in Scripture. And it's the same Lord who called Isaiah, David, Paul, Jeremiah. That's calling you. <clears throat> same one. Isaiah formed in the womb to be God's servant. Purpose. From the very beginning, when those little cardiac cells started to twitch, right? From the very beginning, called with purpose. <clears throat> this lesson in the Old Testament even goes on to talk about why. To call people back to God. To preach repentance. To be a light to the nations for salvation to reach the ends of the earth. If faithful, the results will be kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One 
of Israel. Isaiah called before he was born, named in his mother's womb. God's plan and purpose for his life before he even drew a breath. Called to be a light to the nations, to preach salvation to the ends of the earth. And because of his obedience, kings and princes being brought low before the Lord. Pretty wild. Pretty amazing. And you say, well, that's not me. <laughs> How about David, right? Uh, many of us are familiar with, with David's story, his call and his anointing as a young person. I'd like to remind us of that just briefly in 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you'd like to turn there, you're welcome to do so. This is the prophet Samuel uh, coming to Jesse's family. And um, he's there to anoint someone. And Jesse brings out all the best and the brightest and the oldest sons first, the ones who should have the honor of being the anointed one and whatnot. And we know the end of the story that David is anointed, but, but here it is, starting at chapter 16, verse... I can't read that number, it's too small. Six. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, uh, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down until he gets here. And he sent and brought him in, and now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Wow. That's quite the story of a call and an anointing. The youngest and the most unlikely to be anointed. He was an afterthought. He wasn't even brought before the prophet because he had a job to do. <laughs> he was out keeping the sheep. Right? Wasn't even considered from the beginning. The lowest in stature in the household. And when Samuel saw him, the Lord said to him, This is he. Anoint him. And he's anointed in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of God rushed upon him from that day forward. That's quite a thing. The Spirit of God rushed upon him. It could have said, The Spirit of God came. The Spirit of God fell. No, it rushed upon him from that day forward. <clears throat> so now what do we know about David's life? Was it perfect? Was it sinless? Far from it. Right? Uh, did God not know what David was going to do? God is all-knowing. Of course he knew. What sins, what failings, what weaknesses, what they would be. 
Was David useless to God? Clearly not. So David's experience of God, seen here in the psalm that we read together as a congregation, is beautiful. He waited for the Lord. The Lord stooped and heard his cry. He lifted David up out of a hopeless pit where he could never get out on his own. He gave David a new song. And David knew of God's great mercy, and his life was changed for it. David deserved death for what he had done. But he didn't receive that sentence, did he? He received some mercy and some grace. And now his response to all of this is that he tells what God has done. He does not restrain his lips or hold back, and he testifies to God's faithfulness and deliverance. So Isaiah called before he was born. David called from the sheep as a young person. Has a messed up life for a lot of it. But God is faithful even when David is not. And he is compelled to testify, compelled to share what God has done in his life. How about um, Paul, right? We come to the epistle lesson. Here we are. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, we know a little of the backstory of Paul, persecutor of the church, right? He has this dramatic Damascus Road conversion uh, where he dramatically experiences the risen Jesus Christ and he's changed. He's essentially converted as an adult and called. So you've got Isaiah before he's born, David, young man, talked with the young people about Samuel who said I, he was too young <laughs> to answer the call of God, and now Paul here, right? He does a complete 180 in his disposition towards Jesus. And while he was um, enthusiastically trying to persecute Christians initially, now he's leading them, and he's preaching the gospel, and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, and lives are being changed. So he writes and encourages the Christians gathered in Corinth, and he reminds them of their calling together as saints. They are called together as saints. That their place is amongst those who are called in every place who share in common the calling on of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not just the church in Corinth being called together as saints, but that they're a part of the greater body of Christ, of those who have been called together under the fellowship of Jesus Christ. And he's encouraging them that God is faithful, that when God calls, he equips, and that he has given them everything that they need in order to be faithful to the call that has been placed on their lives. That not only has he given every spiritual gift that is needed, but Paul, in other places, we read how he knows of the physical provision of God to meet all of his needs, and he encourages the church at Corinth that God will strengthen them until the end. That's an encouragement. <laughs> if we really think about it, you know, here's Paul, this guy that was persecuting Christians. He meets Jesus Christ. Jesus, who's in the business of transforming lives, does what he does. <laughs> and Paul turns around, and now he's encouraging other Christians. So his response to the call of Jesus Christ is to then, in turn, preach the gospel to bring the light of Christ with him wherever he goes, to share the truth, to equip the saints for the work of service, 
and to encourage them to be faithful until the end, that they would be blameless before the Lord, and that uh, they would be reminded that God had called them into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. How about some of the other calls of God we see in Scripture? We won't go into depth with these. And consider the responses of these people. How about Jonah? Right? He ran. <laughs> he was like, Psh, I'm out of here. And we know how that worked out for him. I wonder what three-day-old plankton smells like. Um, how about Moses? He was a whiner. Wasn't he? He whined at God. He was like, oh, I can't speak very well. I'm not your guy. <laughs> Gideon, he said, I'm too weak. Don't call me. I can't do it. Jeremiah said, I'm too young. And even Paul, if you, look, if you look at what happened with him, he disappeared off to Arabia for three years after getting persecuted uh, in Jerusalem a little bit. And, uh, you know, it could have been he was procrastinating. It could have been he was being trained by the Lord. Scripture doesn't tell us, but it could be he's Paul the procrastinator. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I ask this next question with all the love in my heart. What's your excuse <laughs> What's my excuse? You know, what is the Lord calling us to? And then we give him our excuses. We run. We say we're too weak. We whine. Um, maybe we say we're too busy. Or my favorite is, that's not my gifting. <laughs> that's a very holy way to say no when you're asked to join a committee, right? Um, how about, I'm not trained. Or, I'm an introvert. Or, I've been too sinful for God to use me. Or, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm not ready yet. The list goes on. What are your excuses? I'm not asking you to think about your excuses to make you feel guilty. We all have excuses. And all of these people that we see in Scripture, for the most part, gave God an excuse. Okay? Um, but God did not condemn them for giving an excuse. He was persistent. He was faithful. And in, you know, in the case of Jonah, it took a little convincing. <laughs> but you know, the Lord didn't come after people with a heavy hand for giving an excuse. He offered them grace. He was patient. He equipped them. Right? In each of these cases, uh, in many respects, God wants to use the people that are weak that have the excuses because when God comes through in power, might, and glory, who gets the credit? People lift up the awesomeness of God rather than the awesomeness of the person. So this is really intended to be an encouragement today that the Lord calls each one of us, young, old, middle-aged, doesn't matter. When we listen to the voice of the Lord calling us, when he lifts us out of what has entrapped us, what drags us down, what enslaves us, he frees us for service to him. He gives us a testimony about his faithfulness and about what he's done in our own lives. Just as each one of these prophets had a testimony about what God has done, we also have a testimony about what God has done and is doing in our lives. He is faithful. He equips us. 
He trains us and empowers us and he strengthens us for whatever might come. Like his relationship with David, he knows our weaknesses. He knows that we will likely fail and sin. And yet he doesn't cast us away as no good. He is patient and faithful even when we are not. And still in his mercy works on and in us and forms us in his image. So wherever we have come from, whatever we looked like before, God calls us. And he continually forms us into his image so that like Isaiah, we might be a light to the nations. Like David, a sinner saved by grace, mercy, and the power of God, proclaiming his love and faithfulness to all. And like Paul, that we would be enriched in Christ, knowing and using the gifts of the Spirit in its fullness to answer the call that God places on each of us who claim the fellowship of Christ. So let's let God be God in our lives. Let him take our excuse and turn it into a testimony for the transformative power of Jesus Christ in our lives. We're here today on this day of our church conference that's coming later on. And we're going to, at that time, celebrate the year past. We're going to be looking towards the year ahead. And we can see the past. We can celebrate God's goodness his patience and his faithfulness, and we can see how his hand has guided us over the past year. And we can look to the year ahead, even though we don't know what will happen, the joys and the trials that wait for us personally and as a church family, but like Isaiah, David, and Paul, we know the nature of the one who holds the future. And that we can trust in him fully and confidently step forward in faith. So I invite you to pray with me. Lord, each one of us is on a journey with you. For some of us, you're calling us and drawing us, and our hearts are responding for the first time. Lord, help us to commit ourselves to you, our way to you, and trust you for our salvation. Lord, some of us have been walking with you for some time and maybe we're remembering our youth when we were following you more. And we're experiencing that familiar tug of the Holy Spirit drawing us back into relationship with you. Lord, help us to hear and to answer, to lay down our excuses and to surrender to you. Lord, some of us are on the cusp of stepping out into new things, and starting new ministries, and stepping into new obediences to you. Increase our faith. Help us to obey. Lord, we know that when we obey, you are faithful, that you equip us, and it brings honor and glory to you. Lord, we desire to see transformed lives, starting with our own. Help this church family to continue to draw together in your knowledge and in your love, in your unity around the scriptures. That as Jesus Christ is lifted up, all would be drawn to him 
and it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.